0: Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
1: I'm ready. You can hit that button when you're ready, Josh. Coffee time.
0: Covering the Orioles, the only way we know how.
2: As fans, section, section 336, the next generation
3: of Baltimore sports talk.
1: Today on the show, Mr. Film Study is in the studio to educate us about the Ravens draft. Also, we will, of course, get into some Orioles talk as we will discuss the mounting injuries that right now the Orioles are experiencing and how we will survive it. All that and more on this edition of Section
0: 336. Section336.com Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride Your host, Matt Shotsha bird ready to fly 's best section 336 the number one sports broadcast gets you fixed what's the news let's talk about buck our favorite Orioles what's the latest lineup home runs and stolen bases this is drift
2: stay
4: tuned in at 336
1: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls Baltimore sports fans of all ages welcome to section 336 the next generation of Baltimore sports talk I am your endearly stuttering host to Mats Roca as always. I'm joined by the Zaney Burt Rode. What up, three Sixers And the button lever Josh Soroka. You know, Matt, you
0: never make requests for the show, and you made one this week. Do you remember what you asked for?
1: No, I have no idea. Ah, yes. Well, this was... Matt,
0: Matt requested that this play the entire show.
1: Yeah, he's
2: like the best player on the team.
1: Well, after Kim, after, um, Kim got, I don't know, two, three, five, seven hits this week, whatever it was, um, people... People on Twitter were saying we need we need to bust out the song more. He's batting like six hundred or yeah. something, right? And it's not going to last very long, so we got to play it <laughs> while we can.
2: <laughs> he did. He played on Saturday night when me and Joshua yeah. at the game for Dugout Club, and uh, yeah, I was thrilled to hear his theme song played every time he came out of bat. And even more thrilled, he got what two hits? Yeah, yeah he
0: got it two was a hit. good game. Yeah.
1: And we're also joined by Ken McCusick, also known as Mr. Film Study. Welcome, Ken.
3: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Mr. Film Study. Mr. Back in the film house. Study back in the
3: house. To school
2: us. Absolutely. <laughs> uh,
1: to get into some Ravens draft talk and also some Orioles talk because I know Ken fa- follows the O's and uh, brings that little sabermetric side to the game, which which I always appreciate. I appreciate despise whatever <laughs> one of the two
0: you know it's it's nice to have the draft kind of sneak up on you are you really but gonna
1: play that song throughout the entire I was show? Gonna see how you requested it all song i was
0: gonna see how long it lasted he let it go about 45 seconds yeah i think that was the third time through you made it yeah that, yeah okay so it's a little annoying it, it's nice to have the draft sneak up on us to be excited for baseball and not like previous years where it's a countdown to the draft and the draft is a big deal and you got to watch it and everything yeah. For me, it wasn't this year. Yeah. Lots of people, it still is, but it's nice to have baseball.
2: Well, because the, Nor- the Orioles are usually out of it by April 13th oh, every stop. year. Oh, stop. That's so. not true. That's not true. You <laughs> we well, usually get off to a I hot mean, start. I, right. For 14 years, it felt that way. <laughs> I know. I couldn't well, wait we were for always draft competitive until May. Oh, dr- yeah. <laughs> draft
0: night and like the announcement of the Madden cover and everything right, right. that led up to that because the Orioles sucked.
1: Hey, can we explain last week, the, the lost episode? Sure. Uh,
0: there were technical problems at Buffalo Wild Wings.
1: Yeah, we're sorry. We, we we usually record live Buffalo Wild Wings. We were we did a live show at Buffalo Wild Wings, we, we, but Josh screwed right. something up and it didn't, it didn't Matt, record.
0: Matt picked me up a little late to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, oh, sure so we, 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 we didn't have time to, to test before we went live.
1: Yeah, but you had a special treat if you were Danny or Ryan or uh, mm, three... Uh, Three 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 West Camden, something like three, that. Three 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 West Camden. Josh, can you look up his Twitter handle? Um, and I, I like. We had a couple three three sixes in the Yeah, house. yeah, yeah. That was a good thing. And we are at the point whether we see someone at the stadium uh, who knows us from from, from the show, uh-huh. or it's, like a Buffalo Wild Wings when we see people who know us from the show. It's, it's
0: Ben Lasher.
1: No, 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 I don't. I don't know. Three who three
0: three W Camden. Yeah. yeah,
1: and this is how he introduced himself at Hey, I'm three three W Camden. Hey, I'm Section three three six. And this is how we now introduce ourselves <laughs> just by Twitter handles. Sure,
2: sure. I'm Bert Roddy. It's easy. Because with a lot of these
1: guys, this is our relationship just via Twitter.
2: Yeah, no, it is cool me to, you know, we interact with these people on Twitter all the time. It is fun to meet some people face to face. Yeah, and
1: I feel like I want to call them by the Twitter handle, yeah, not yeah. by the re- He did their introduce real himself
2: by the Twitter handle. And I
1: feel like that's appropriate. Right. I, I, say, Ben, I don't know who you are. Right. You say 33W. Three, three, uh, then uh, I know as who soon as he are. stepped
2: away from our table, I realized I didn't get his real name. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. I like
1: this. I think it matters a little bit. Oh, but no, it's just Twitter handles his name.
2: So you've just given up on face to face socializing? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, when we face to face, he calls me section 336. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which might be a little confusing because the whole show, but whatever. you just and taking credit for the... all three of us now. Well, I did invent the website, 336.com. <laughs> Do we need to go back to that? <laughs> no, yeah, you, no. you, you like you to a, remind you, us of that. Right,
0: you invented it, you let it die, we saved it.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I updated once a year.
0: Um, that's,
1: all, that's all a website really needs. Now, now
0: you're using this to set up that there's two more things coming up that they can come hang out with us at
1: yes and you can call me section three three six you can call bert at bert (laughs) roadie are we doing this already is the show over (laughs) no no no, no. no, no. but you can call him by your twitter handle bert roadie that's my name your twitter is bert roadie yeah oh how lame is that (laughs) you're not supposed to use your real name for twitter oh i did How how
0: lame is it that you don't know when we say it every episode
1: oh and josh what are you
0: Josh Soroka.
1: See, that's lame. We got film study over here. I'm, that's all, what I'm, I'm, talking I'm about. also
0: a section 336 show.
1: Okay, at film study Ravens, isn't that right? It's correct. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, uh, May 13th night at the Yards, uh, Friday. Tickets are 15 bucks. Go to section 336.com. We're filling up a little section in section 336 of all 336ers. Yeah. I think there's like
2: 25 tickets left. All of our people, just our people.
1: Yeah, our people. Yeah, yeah. all
2: in three. No weirdos.
1: No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that depends? Are you calling the three three sixers weirdos? How, no, how many roadies will be there? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I, I don't even know the answer to that question, to be honest.
1: Yeah, because that's when we get to the weirdos.
2: <laughs> oh, I yeah, I, I didn't even think about inviting Uncle Dave. I got to get mm. him on the line. You know where I was going with this. I got to get Uncle
1: Dave back at the yard. Yeah, I love Uncle Dave. I All want right. some more Uncle Dave trivia. Uh, Uncle Dave stories absolutely. I'm going to have to call him I'm going yeah. to make sure
2: There's no events going on At Club 66 In Edgewood That
1: night Get that done Friday May 13th uh, Against the Tigers $15 Go to section336.com Also we'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings On Tuesday May 24th In Annapolis In our backyard Or your guy's backyard Or Josh's backyard Mine, mine, yeah, mine. That's, just, that's it Just Josh's backyard It's I, the closest one for me
2: I remember the Annapolis Buffalo Wild Wings Being a cool one Yes yeah, I like that
4: yeah. one.
1: We'll go. We'll gladly go back to <laughs> a that. A popular one. Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. And the Millers from last week, from last week, Buffalo Wild Wings. The Millers made out like bandits. So you too could come out and make out like bandits. The the Millers won the sauce, won a gift certificate between the 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 the, the, the Millers and won the tickets to the yeah. Rose game.
2: All you gotta do is show up to Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings with Section three three six. There, you got a pretty good chance of winning yeah. something.
1: I don't remember the Millers' first name, but if the Millers are listening to this show. Well, good, because we gave you a bunch of stuff. If you're not (laughs) listening, shame on you for not listening to the show after we gave you a bunch of stuff.
2: Well, they should be at the Oriole game this Friday, Section 17, Row 21, if I recall correctly, because those (laughs) are the four free tickets they won.
1: Yeah, very cool.
2: Can I just tell you a quick goat story
1: before we get into the show? Quickly. (laughs) This why are you say it like that quickly like that right. we, we is guess. this about Ray right. Lewis or no, no, I, one I'll of your animals no not, I'm not talking about the greatest of all time I'm talking about one of my Ryan kids Right, Clarity no I'll let it go, I'll let no, it go. I, I would like to hear about your kids no you, you don't want to hear about my kids I'll just get into the save job. it for the end alright I'll save it for the end if we have time tease it's a tease this is, <laughs> we are the king of teas. So <laughs> I will save it for the end I love that uh, that keeps coming back we gotta wrap the show up in like 55 minutes so I can have I just need 3 minutes for my stuff. that's fine yes ok spoiler alert it involves Never mind. I'm not gonna even go there I'm not baby goats yeah,
2: yeah. Everyone loves baby goats. Yeah. It's totally cool. Um remind me right now I'm adding Kings of Teas to our list of catchphrases. Put it in the notes.
1: Oh <laughs> catchphrase. I think put in the notes. Because I so am notes.
2: running an extensive list of uh catchphrases, uh you know, thing things that keep coming back.
0: Things that nobody cares about <laughs> but Bert.
1: <laughs> I care about them. Someone's gotta do a Bert. Seriously. Can 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 we talk football? Yeah, the we're, draft? yeah, we're going to start off the show there's, by breaking down the Ravens draft, and then we'll get to some
0: Orioles talk. There's a list of like 10 people, and I know one of the people, mm. so I need to learn.
1: Mm. Okay, and this is why we have film study here.
0: Right. How many do you know on the list?
1: Uh, I knew Ronnie Stanley, though I was. It seems like prior to the draft, there was uh, Tunsil, Ramsey. There, there there was a few. Um, um, uh, The guy who went n- uh, number three, um, Bosa. 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 Uh, there was a, a ton of, uh, like there's a handful of guys that everyone kind of thought the Ravens might get I didn't hear Stanley's name linked to the Ravens very often is this was the tonsil thing they said that the tonsil was not directly related to the video do you think if the you know the famous Twitter video now of, of tonsil on uh, that gas mask which was just bizarre <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing by the way smoking you're, you're, weed with the gas old. mask but whatever uh, did did that have uh, an effect? on you think on the Ravens' decision making?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very clear. For, and what makes it clear is the way they're trying to prance around in terms of their words. But they they'll they'll say things like, "When we drafted him, he was the highest player left on our board." Well, okay, after you took Tunsil off, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and then somebody reports at the exact same time. Well, they took Tunsil off their board as soon as they saw the video. So you know, you you, you hear that kind of thing happen, and. I think they they probably liked Stanley, and there probably was some debate at some point on who to draft. Mike Mayock even had him higher than Tunsell in his mock going up but beforehand but uh honestly uh tunsell just a better player in in my opinion but stanley kind of a, a if we're ready to talk about him sure yeah yeah, yeah. dancing bear uh you know pass blocker who, who was dancing bear I like very that. good feet very good <laughs> yeah. feet and that's what that's what you need to pass block in the nfl i really look forward to, to scoring him week in week out now going forward but uh tremendous arm length 35 more than 35 and a half inches um, the only guy the Ravens have had that's been up in that level is Jared Gaither over the years, and and uh, and he was really outstanding. So uh, when he when he was there at left tackle, right
1: uh, for for Stanley, and I know you got more on, but is he going to come in? And by the way, you might want to write down "Dancing Baron" to the catchphrase because I'm going to use that a lot now. I like that, but <laughs> uh, just don't Google it. <laughs> I'll just I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> is
3: is st- is, st- is, st- is, st- is, st- is Stanley going to be our starting left tackle week one? I, I would imagine so I, I think it's surprising if not the only other scenario i can really see would be him moving to left guard for one year kind of like john ogden did and have uh, eugene monroe stay at left tackle but if that's the starting lineup on day one I, on week one i'd be surprised if that's still the starting lineup by week 17 just because right. monroe has been fairly fragile right and uh uh you know it's it Stanley is a is a young player he's the future at left tackle and hopefully he'll be there for a decade or more and and we'll be introducing him to the Ring of Honor someday you know? <laughs> yeah absolutely that's and he's a he's a
1: safe pick he seems like a really good character guy is this drafting good character guys has this been a is this a reaction to recent? It, History with the Ravens and the drama every offseason? Or has it kind of always been... Oh, see, I went a different way. An Ozzy and Harbaugh thing to draft I, the I, character guys. I, I, I looked at it more as... Look at Cleveland,
0: who just put all their energy into... Uh, what's his name now? Ja, Man- Manziel. <laughs> who's supposed Gordon. to change the organization as a high draft pick. And it's a complete waste. Yeah. So I, I think stuff like that... Is
3: starting to get attention,
1: but you pay attention to the drafts. Is this a recent philosophy change, or has this kind of always been the Ravens wanting to draft good uh, guys? I mean i th-
3: i think it's I think it's more or less been always true. They haven't been They haven't been an organization that's taken a lot of risk with with character concerns. But it's it's a, just a practical matter. If you've got Stanley sitting here and you've got Tunsil here, and one player is ninety five percent of what the other is, so let's say you think Stanley's five percent less good. Well. Yeah if you're in the program you run the risk of losing a lot of his actual time on the field due to suspension so yeah. y- you don't want to have you-, you can't put these people on equal footing after you see a video like that and the rem- repercussions it will likely have
1: yeah and it wasn't just the ravens making the decision because another tackle was taken mm-hmm. even before Tunsil was taken right. so it wasn't just the ravens who passed and on him trade
3: up to make to to take conklin at number eight too so wow. it was a it was a the Ravens started the run on left tackles, and that's what you want to do. You want to start the run on any position. Then all of the drafts that came after him that were tackles basically supported their own draft of better players down the line.
2: Now, I'll be interested though to follow Tunsell now. Like, you know, he's somebody that's going to play with a chip on his shoulder this entire season now, and I I don't even know if we play the Dolphins this year or whatever the schedule works out. But you know, he's a guy that that will might relish. Playing against some of these teams that passed up on oh, yeah. over a ball. Yeah. Oh yeah, it kind
0: of depends from on, high school, nonetheless. Right, and yeah. it kind of depends what that video is to him. If that was just someone trying to blackmail him, oh, it had or, been. So, with the the text messages thing
2: getting released yeah. too, yeah. like somebody had it out for him. He yeah. did somebody wrong somewhere yeah. along the line, <laughs> where his stepfather has physical altercations with him and and pending legal battles. Yeah, sketchy situation. Which yeah. I, I mean, it, whether you disagree with it or not. I kind of have to side with the Ravens for taking oh. the safe side on that.
0: Well, whoever was doing the the whoever released the video timed it perfectly yeah. to screw with them because there was no time to spin or. No time to right. explain even what the video was
3: yeah I, I don't know if you, if you caught the timing of this too, but the, obviously the video timing was perfect to screw him in the first round <laughs> but but if you if he got up on stage after being drafted 13 by the dolphins had just gotten his dolphin hat on, and that's when the text messages were released <laughs> about how he'd taken money at Mississippi for right. his mo- mom's bills and whatnot. Oh. I mean so, that's I mean that's extreme though. I mean you must have someone who
1: really doesn't like you yeah. to cost you millions of dollars. That's extreme. Right. At that's, least
0: let the guy get his millions, then try to get some of that money.
1: That's taking it to the next level. Like Tunsil's now has to outdo that. Good luck, yeah. Tunsil to take outdo that kind of dig.
0: It certainly made draft night a
2: little more exciting.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the absolutely. first round.
2: Anyway, it's already exciting. First round's always great, but add a little uh, yeah. drama to it. Making all those it. ESPN nerds <laughs> talking about smoking weed
1: out of a gas yeah. mask. Yeah. <laughs> that's entertaining. That's entertaining television right there. All right, so that's the first pick. We feel good about the first pick, Stanley. Um, second pick, and we'll get to the, the legendary fourth round, uh, but our second pick in Korea, outside linebacker. Uh, your thoughts from study on him?
3: Right. Uh, Kamala Korea, so the second, uh, second pick at 42. Uh, some drafts had him going as early as 29 in the mocks to the Cardinals. Um, I still think he might be a little bit of a reach at 42. I watched a fair amount of film on him last night, a, 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 a group that had a good 30- or 45-minute video on him out on the uh, on the web that looked pretty good. Um, he refused interviews before the draft. I kind of like hearing that, and they said he's a quiet guy, but uh, one of the points that they made online was that this guy's a complete trash talker on the field. So he, he oh, tackles anyway, he's got to talk to him. You know, I like he's, that.
1: A little bit of Suggs in him. Yeah, you know, I like know that. what that's all about. Yeah,
3: very much a high-motor guy, so think Michael McCrary gets to the quarterback, and he's looking to punch the ball loose, looking to tackle violently, punch the ball loose. 3-4 um, edge setter. Um, I think he's a reasonable replacement for downs 1 and 2, which we really need to get Elvis Dumerville off the field for. Elvis Dumerville much more effective in a rotational or a situational pass rushing role now. And certainly the older he gets the least, the fewer snaps we can really expect to get out of him.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, are you a big, are you, big, are you a, a college football guy? No, really that. not. Yeah. Uh, you
3: know, I watch the pro game. I, I, I try and study a little bit of draft stuff as it's, as it's happening. I read a lot uh, about the drafted players, of course, but right. Uh, but no, I'm really not a college guy. All right.
1: Did um, the, the, uh, the, the next pick Bronson, Kafusi, <laughs> Yeah, Bronson Cafusi. Um, I like that
2: Cafusi. Uh, Cafusi. Uh, Sounds a, like one of your goat's names. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Mbuzi, Cafusi. <Caffucci. Yeah. laughs> 6'6", six, uh, 285. Uh, does not have uh, what they call a lot of functional strength right now. Ideally, he'd be a 5' tech. He would, he would come in and he'd play uh, right to one side of the tackle and be able to Provide some uh, height to get in the in the passing lanes, and if he's forced to move outside and be an outside linebacker, that would make him less valuable, honestly, in my mind. Um, but you know, the, the Ravens ideally would have another guy from the inside who could rush the passer. You put him and Jernigan together with Suggs and doomerville or Suggs and Korea on the outside, and you really have something that's uh, that's special.
1: Yeah, uh, and and we on section three to six, we we haven't been doing a whole lot of Ravens talk pre-draft talk, and one of the reasons we stay away from it is because I'd rather just have film study come in here at the end (laughs) and tell us what's up. Yeah, Uh, Or we could kind of, I could regurgitate what I read somewhere on some ESPN tweet or something. Uh, But to hear hear the the expert talk about uh, uh, his thoughts on the draft, I think it's more valuable than us talking about it. And then we get to, so now we get to the legendary
3: fourth round. We'll, we'll get to the fourth round in just one second because there's one more thing I want to say about Bronson. Sure, All right. he's he's Sorry, 25 years old by the time the opener starts. Oh and wow! And that that you know a few years ago the Browns drafted Brandon Whedon, and in that kind of instance, it's it's very apparent what's going on that you ha- you have a a player who you're probably not going to get all that much out of but but with an edge rusher I think you, you have a four year commitment from this guy and don't want to act like it's the military but this for, initial contract is for four years right? and then at the end of that they'll have to decide if they want to sign him again and at age 29 that's going to be a difficult choice they're going to really have to say is this guy you know really doing it or do we have to just let him go and and it's it, unfortunately getting it started at 25 is not ideal and and uh, maybe that's part of what made him drop to the third round Um Uh, yeah. And that's interesting that he's a little bit
1: older. Um, and you mentioned the whole contract with, with four years and then he becomes a free agent. Uh, if I can ask you a random kind of off the, off the wall question in baseball, it's really important. Like you can take out like Manny Machado. It's really important to have players like him, talented players that are young, still in their arbitration years. So they, so you're not paying really what he's worth, um, in football. Like, for the Orioles, it's essential to have young players who aren't making a lot of money to field a competitive team. Uh, In football, with with the salary cap, is it still valuable to have young players making less money
3: than veterans to contribute to a winning team. How uh, valuable are these young players with, with, the, with uh, the salaries? I mean, the, they're the lifeblood of the team of the young players with, with low salaries. It's what you get out of the draft. But, but the, the playing field is level. So you don't have a New York Yankees in football because nobody, I mean, everybody uses 100% of their salary cap basically right. to sign their players. So it, it's it all comes down to then what front offices can do the best job of finding those bargain players at the lower prices and, and avoid paying large free agent dollars. So the, the the teams that become the, the Yankees of football are the teams that have success year after year and are able to, to consistently attract top talent. So if New England, Baltimore to a lesser extent, I think, Green Bay, places like that that are constantly able to get the right. talent to come to them.
1: Yeah, so in that even playing field, yeah, the, the only way to become like the Yankees is just to kind of out-evaluate your mm-hmm. opponent because you can't outspend your opponent. That's right. Yeah, which is a, a, an interesting thing. Interesting.
0: It's it's, it's like a cool thing. It, It's like daily daily fantasy. Yeah. When we play that, you all got the same amount of money. You got to spend. Yeah. To but try it, make it a makes what, team.
1: it almost makes what the Ravens have been doing those these past several years even all that more impressive to to replenish the young players time and time again. Uh, right,
0: and and. Yes, when they're spending, when they've got the same salary cap as the Cleveland Browns, right? To always be able and it's to do amazing a better that job. the Browns
1: are so terrible every year, right? Yeah, uh, given that they all have the same salary cap. All right, the legendary fourth round, um, Ken, Great, when greatest had, ever, right? Yeah, well, well, Ken, I, we've heard from ESPN greatest fourth round ever. I, I don't know um, what to make of this. How good was the first round? What's your impression of the of the, the, f- f- the fourth. fourth round as a whole?
3: Yeah, the, the fourth round as a whole, given the picks they had, I'd say B plus. But they had five picks, which is the most any team has ever taken in the fourth round in NFL history. So <laughs> that, that helps. Yeah, that helps. And I, I did not like the way the draft, the the opening round started. They started with a short corner, Tavon Young at number one oh four. He's got slightly above average C B speed, I'd say. I I really say that about four or five is right about the kind of the mean line. If you're if you're worse than that, that's not good. He's at four forty six. Um, exceptional ball skills, but he's short. And he's supposed to be a fighter, likes to strip the ball, good thing, but um, he's a player who's really limited coming right out of school to being a nickel prospect. Now, what do I mean by that, well, obviously nickel prospect plays on, in the slot as opposed right. to on the outside. And the Ravens are an unusual NFL team in that they've loaded up on tall corners to such a degree; those are those are what I call boundary defenders. That they they really have all the outside corners they need, and they lacked um, nickel corners last year. So they, they they traded for Will Davis, and then he went down, and they um, put Webb in the slot. But but in that. In the meantime, they had all kinds of really lousy players in the slot. Kyle Arrington had had a lousy year. Um, Elam played time opposite the slot, and Brooks, who's both, are, you know, those guys are they, safeties right. playing the slot.
1: So, so it was. It, he's not a great corner, but he fits the need at nickel that, that yeah. the Ravens team had. Yeah. All right. Uh, and and who who was next for us in that uh, infamous fourth round?
3: Chris Chris Moore is the next one. I think he's the really the only pick of the whole draft that I really don't like. I think there was a need. To pick a wide receiver, and they and they said that this is a uh, tall guy, prototypical wide receiver height at six one. Um, uh, long arms and he has a very high yards per catch at Cincinnati but one of the things that was said is he got a lot of free releases from the line of scrimmage at Cincinnati and he has a very slow accelerating fast guy so what that tells me in the pros is bigger corners they'll get up on the line of scrimmage they'll press him and it'll be harder for him to to get the the release he needs to build up to full speed so
0: not not really the speed guy that we've been wanting
3: yeah, no, I, I I mean that's my feeling about it. We'll see. I mean, we had Demetrius Williams a few years back and mm-hmm. he was an exciting player sort of uh you know Clarence Moore is a little oh, bit slower uh, but a big guy. Well, I mean, like
0: we had we had Tory Smith who basically mm-hmm. those first couple years all he did was run long. Yeah. And just run as fast as he can.
3: Well, I mean so. and and he was very valuable in that role. I am not I would not compare him to Moore in any way. Okay. Moore is a is a much lesser talent than than Tory Smith. Okay.
2: It reminds me of like the uh Donkey Kong car in Super Mario Kart where it's the fastest car in the group, but it takes forever to get him up to that top speed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if yep. I could compare it to the N64, yeah.
0: A 20 year old old analogy.
2: <laughs> still applies today. Yeah. We'll keep going here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> just, just, just do what we do, Ken. Uh, Mr. Film Study, just ignore him and keep on talking. That's what I'm doing. I'm just being zany. zany. Hey, you he woke
0: up. That's good. Yeah. <laughs>
3: uh, the Ravens actually had a fairly long stretch in the fourth round, 23 consecutive picks where they didn't make one, and then at number 130, um, they took their one non-choir boy of the draft, a guy named Alex Lewis. He he'd got in trouble during school for beating up an Air Force cadet. Uh, 45 days in jail and two years probation, he got to uh, have the charges go away. Okay, so I, I guess put no contest or whatever it was. I don't know the sure. act- exact details. Um, but he is a... Legitimate right tackle prospect, uh, a little bit short-armed, a little bit ponderous in terms of his movement. Uh, the Ravens apparently took a lot of time to really vet him before the draft, which I think you know goes along with uh, some of the character, um, you know, decisions that they've made. Um, and I, I think he's going to be—I think he's going to stick. Um, probably will be a uh, a guard tackle swing. And when I say a guard tackle swing, I really mean a guard or right tackle swing. So he could some we get some injuries certainly could get to the point where he's playing left sorry left guard for the ravens at some point this year uh opposite Yonda. yeah you
1: seem to be pretty confident with your assessments of players how how is it um like it seems like the ravens always get good draft grades mm-hmm. uh but they don't always those players don't always turn out um uh do you feel confident looking at someone playing college and being able to to say with confidence this is how they'll be as an NFL player.
3: No. I mean, right. and, and I, I'll I'll do as well as I can, and other people will have their opinions. And if if, you know, if I often do, I'll even read three or four scouting reports on the same player, and they'll be very different. Ronnie Stanley this year, Mayock's saying he's a great run blocker. Everybody else is saying he's a lousy run blocker. Huh.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask one more dumb question.
3: The, now, I understand in baseball, it's really hard to project
1: certain players and how they'll perform – I mean, often because they're drafting, like, for example, a high school player who could be five years before oh, yeah. he gets to the majors. Um, but in college, like Matt e- 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 Elam, if we can use him, because I think he's the most recent and obvious bust in the first round. Um, Matt Elam, when we drafted him, he played at a major program like Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, he played against major competition, and he was good, and other other teams thought he was good. It's not like the Ravens did something crazy by drafting him in the first round. How could he be play so well – at the college level, and I get it's faster and more physical than the NFL, but how could he be such a good player in college and just totally whiff in the NFL? How does that happen?
3: Well, you know, it just does happen sometimes is all I can say. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of safeties are really strong safeties, and they're not free safeties. And Elam was, was pushed into a role where he was playing deep safety more often, and he didn't adapt to over-the-top coverage. He wasn't able to read the quarterbacks or the routes as well. Uh, you know, not everybody's. Ed but, Reed. but isn't that stuff you're so, doing in college? Is it is it finding the right guy that fits your type of program? Is it that the program's But are Matt that Elam different? would not be good in any program, right? It, it's it's fit the. I think it's fit the position you're going to put him at. And and look where we've played Matt Elam so far. And I say we. I'll stop that. The Ravens. Look where the Ravens. <laughs> oh, have played I, I like him. the we here. <laughs> yeah. I like we talk. Where the, where the Ravens have have uh, have yeah. played him over the years, but they played him as a as a nickel a period of time and they and they played him uh at free safety when he really was more of a strong safety yeah. um so it's a shame matt is the first ravens draft pick ever that didn't start for four years and i hope rashad huh. perryman is not the second but um mm. he's uh he's the first whiff of ozzy's career that's complete i mean even even bowler was a four-year starter
1: yeah where were you hoping speaking of corners where were you hoping that um they traded up they would they would have made more of an effort to trade up for Jalen Ramsey.
3: Yeah, that that would have been a really nice nice trade. But I think the place where Ozzie apparently drew the line, at least as it's reported, is he would have traded the top pick in the fourth round, but he wouldn't have traded the third round pick, and I think that's the right division. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have I would have done it if you throw in the top fourth, but I wouldn't have done it to throw in number 70, and, and they, uh, they didn't. Yeah. And it shows good. I think that's a good sign because you see other teams –
1: kind of go all in for these top mm-hmm. draft picks and it hurts it hurts their ability because you need a lot of players to fill your team a lot of quality players and so you don't want to go all in on one guy when you know you you you, you need a lot of a lot of football guys to, to fill the team out um and it's not you just it's not like the nba where you can have one guy lead you to a championship well, Unless,
0: well that that one guy is 20 percent of what's on your court for nba yeah yeah, it's and I know you're that for football, and
1: I know you're, you're looking for that dream quarterback situation, and that's why some of these teams like Philadelphia tra- trade up for it. But it, it didn't sound like either of these quarterbacks were home home run guys, no. so it's kind of and, and we've we've even
0: seen that with a with a star quarterback. But if you don't have the linemen to protect him or the guys that can catch the balls, that star quarterback's not
3: going to be a star. You got to help him out. It's true. They they talked about it a little bit during the draft this year, and you guys probably caught it. But I mean, the NFL is completely framed around the high leverage downs so when i say high leverage i mean the the downs where the changes in win probability are greatest and those are third downs uh you know short yardage as well but third third downs uh, uh and, and what your percentage is of converting that pass plays in general and so really players like ramsey are a lot more valuable than a good defensive tackle like even a Brandon Williams is is uh is like a big Brandon Williams the best nose tackle in the NFL but doesn't rush the passer very much right. and uh, and Jalen Ramsey will probably end up being more valuable than him
1: yeah um, yeah when I think high leverage situations I think Brian Mattis coming in with the bases loaded and walking a guy yeah that's what I he always out. chokes in high leverage situations uh, okay, so so we're still in the fourth round. We'll be in the fourth round for the next hour. Uh, who's up next?
3: <laughs> okay, so next, the next uh, pick was Henry, the defensive tackle. Uh, very deep defensive tackle class this year, so I was really happy to see the Ravens get a piece of it, and they got a very undervalued player at number 132. He He's 21 in March. Um, and So he's a two-contract candidate when I, when I say that. That's what excites me about that. So he'll be 25 when he, when he first becomes eligible for free agency. Wow. He could be an early signing, and, and the Ravens can have his second contract done by the time he's 30, likely. Um, yeah. He's a powerful, heavy-handed guy, um, a, a two-down pass rush value. So most of, the, most of the guys the Ravens have otherwise are these – either interior guys who are specialists or out exterior guys like Suggs or or Dumerville or Crea who, who are going to be uh contributing in total on every down but to have an inside two down guy who can contribute to the pass rush is also very valuable and, and Henry is that guy so him and Brandon Williams I, I look forward to next to each other and on on third down to see some of him and and Jernigan and some of um, uh, Kalfusi and, and Jernigan also would be good.
1: Well I feel like this is something the Ravens have done well especially in later rounds drafting defensive tackles. Isn't that one of their strengths as yeah. a, a drafting team?
3: Yeah I mean you're thinking probably Pernell McPhee and yeah. you're thinking about uh, um, Brandon Williams in the third being a small school pick so yeah, yeah. very much so
1: I'll, I'll throw out crazy suggestions and you confirm it by <laughs> throwing names there. I appreciate that <laughs> So who, who, who's next in this fourth round? We're uh, still in the fourth round, right? We're still, last pick of the fourth All round. Right,
3: and, and the last pick a lot of people are going to tell you is the best. I think it's probably Henry, but, but uh, Ken Dixon, um, number 134. Of course, Ken Dixon, the pitcher, didn't work out that well. But uh, Ken Dixon, the, the running back, <laughs> is a lot more exciting. Um, Sneak the throwback. Yeah, the, the second most. Ken Dixon, by the way, holds a, hold, held a major league record for many years. I don't know if anybody is, has, has topped it yet, but he's the only pitcher in less than 100 innings to allow at least 30 home runs. He allowed 31, 31 <laughs> homers in 96 innings. That's hard to do. Are you sure, yeah. sure Tommy Hunter didn't beat that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the Tommy Hunter or, stat. Or the, or the Bud Norris. This is when we have Talk the like internet and somebody boom. should be looking right. this up for us.
0: Where's yeah. the
3: intern here anyway? And, uh, yeah. Bert, on. are you on this? That's what we awesome. ask every week.
2: I'm looking at Ken Dixon on uh, baseballreference.com.
1: Okay, one.
3: there you go. So so Ken Dixon, anyway, had 31 homers in 96 and change. But Kenneth
1: out. Dixon does not hit any home runs.
3: No, he does not. But he's he's very much a home run hitter on the football field. He's a touchdown scorer. Thanks for the setup. Appreciate that. (laughs) And uh, uh, the second most touchdowns in college football history. Wow. Exceeded only by Mm. the sixth round pick, Keenan Reynolds, who had the most touchdowns in college football history. So it's really Maybe odd three. that they would pick up two like that. But uh, Wait, this, how, are, how did this? We have a plethora of running backs right now. Yes, yes. that's what I was going to ask.
0: Are, are running backs not as valuable as they used to be? They, it I, seems like it used to be every team had their star running back and who was getting their uh, thousand yards or whatever. And now it seems. They're doing this three-man set or two-man. Mm-hmm. Taking well, you throws. see it all the time where and Jamal Charles like goes
1: down or elite exactly. running back goes down and someone else picks up. It seems like it if you
0: have that, that there's offensive linemen, you just put anyone back there. In the there. system, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. A good offensive line will make almost any runner look pretty good. Um, you, you want to get a guy who's a, who's a little bit of a scheme fit, but uh, Dixon I think would do well in in the zone scheme in particular. He's been he's been someone that, that people say if you have a one cut scheme, he provides tremendous elusiveness. So a, a, a offensive line, if it can be good like the Ravens were a couple of years ago, and create second level opportunities for Dixon, he's the kind of runner who really makes a defense pay for that. Um, he's had some. I- I'm sorry, you you, you can go ahead. A little more. Uh, He some ball security issues the last three years. He had 13 fumbles, and and that's Mm. been something. But terrific receiver, and he's a battle-tested pass blocker at the college level. So at the college level, he graded out pretty well as a pass blocker. That is a transition, obviously much bigger men coming at you. Um, Forsett is a small guy who's aggressive going to the body and going to the thighs of bigger men who are are, uh, uh, coming in to rush the quarterback. And uh, hopefully uh, Henry can, i uh, sorry. Dixon can pick up some of that from him.
1: Dixon, uh, setting those records being a good blocker, a good receiver. It, how come he went so low?
3: Yeah. Um, well, pro football focus had him as the second rated running back behind Elliot in the entire draft. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so he's best receiver, you know, best breakaway a like, whole lot of, whole lot of positive, uh, uh, attributes, uh, scored for him. Um, I think it's it's the value of the position in general. I you know yeah. there were 22 running backs taken and uh several went before Dixon, but uh, a lot of people thought he was the second best in the draft. So based on your
1: description, Lorenzo Taliferro should be concerned about his job.
3: Yeah, I I would say so. Uh Tal- Taliferro, I don't I'm not sure Richardson's going to make the team. I mm-hmm. think there's a possibility. He's got if... an
1: outside shot to
3: make it right. He's not a he's certainly not a favorite going in it's 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 kind of a stylistic choice so i think they may decide they want a power back and in, in that case they'll do it and maybe they'll maybe for is the guy who goes i mean you know it's, it's i mean also buck, buck buck buck
1: allen's also there you assume mm-hmm. he's gonna be oh he'll make it yeah
3: yeah so, so it'll be a question of uh, allen and to me allen and henry are the sure ones we, I'm sorry allen and dixon are the sure and dixon, ones. Yeah. but barring some sort of injury but uh but the the third the third position is open use presumably is the fullback. They signed another UDFA fullback. That's just an injury protection. But I, I really, you know, I, I don't see Taliaferro making it at this point. And and I think that Richardson's chance would be less than less than even money.
1: Right. But it sounds like it's it's almost a good thing. There's, it's not because Taliaferro is, is bad. It's because we have other good options. Yeah, yeah. We
0: got options. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to let everyone make the team.
1: All right. right. Good by job, by everyone.
2: Way, fun fact. Yeah. Ken Dixon for the Orioles over four seasons gave up eighty-five home runs.
1: That's impressive. Yeah. How many innings pitched?
2: Uh, I don't have that up, but I uh, get this. I love that this these stats are available. Out of those eighty-five home runs, five of them were lead-off home runs, one walk-off, nine game-tying, twenty-eight were go-ahead home runs.
1: Ooh, yikes! That's, that's, that's not coming through in high-level situations. No. <laughs> you, you know what his
0: nickname was? No, it's that? Doctor Longbowl. Oh, Doctor Longbowl. Doctor Longball. That sounds
1: about right. That sounds about like right. Like it.
3: So, congratulations, everyone! We made it through the fourth round. Okay. still got a couple more picks we'll be quick fifth round yeah okay yeah. so after all the pass rushers they've they acquired at this point including uh henry being a guy from the inside who could rush they got matt Juden at number 146 in the fifth round situational pass rush in the nfl led division two with with 20 sacks uh this last year so uh, uh described as raw technically but he certainly has the size uh real good length and uh supposedly he's a he's a three-point or two-point guy but uh, but an exciting uh, pickup, and uh, that wasn't the end of it. As a UDFA, they picked up a guy named Victor Ochi, who also is a is a highly thought of pass rusher who didn't get drafted. So uh, uh, quite a stable of pass rushers they have, and I think that the 2017 is coming soon. And uh, Doomerville or Suggs, at least one of them will probably not be with the team yep. uh, in in 2017, and they're they're making they're starting the transition now, which is the right time to do it.
1: Yep. Agreed, and then we get to our Navy boy, a Navy boy. Keenan. Finally, a guy I recognized. <laughs> <laughs> the name we knew,
3: uh, Keenan Reynolds, number one eighty-two. Okay, I, I, there are really good comparisons being made to him. Charles Davis says he reminds him of Brian Mitchell, and he's done some training apparently with Brian Mitchell. So a, a return man, running back, and Brian Mitchell was of course a quarterback coming out of school. Mike Mayock says, "No, he's more like Julian Edimon, who was a quarterback coming out of school and became this great slot receiver. And that's apparently what the Ravens are going to try and make him into a slot receiver and punt returner. Um, frankly, if either of those comparisons were even near true, I'd take it. That's a sixth round. Yeah, if you can get any of that, right, out of, right. any value out of sixth
1: round, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um,
0: so, so is this what Tim Tebow could have been
3: if he would have not been so stubborn?" And wanting to run the ball every day. Right. Yeah. right. Um, uh, it's a good question. <laughs> no, I think. I, I couldn't no. imagine Tim Tebow as a slot receiver though. No, right? but, didn't no they, push, for it. they
0: pushed him for a tight end. Fullback. Yeah. yeah. Tight end, fullback. Yeah, but yeah. just a guy who doesn't have to be the quarterback, just wants to be in the NFL yeah. and help a team. Wow. Well,
1: whatever Tim Tebow does, he makes millions of dollars. So He does. He does. He doesn't does have to can play knock football him. for yeah, that. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. No, our, our, our
3: our very last pick. Very last pick, Maurice Kennedy from Virginia uh, at number two hundred nine. Tall corner, uh, kind of corner. Doesn't he's, he's not a um, a length guy despite his height because he has very below average arm length, uh, just average speed, um, and the the knock on him is that he's not particularly physical. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, the Ravens haven't had all of their lowly drafted corners even make the team. So there's a, a reasonable chance he won't make it. And with 11 draft picks, it's probably a pretty good chance this is a year where the Ravens don't keep them all on the roster. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I'm very happy with the set of selections. they got a couple explosive playmakers in, in Dixon and Reynolds, lots of pass rushers to choose from to try and put the chess pieces together for third down. The one thing that that kind of bothers me and 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 right now I'm I'm going back and I'm watching a lot of past Ravens years and and looking at at a, a lot of things about the defense but the thing that that I know notice about the Lewis era, the Nolan era and the Ryan era is they really knew how to make use of the dime and that meant they had a they had a safety in the box on passing situations that we now consider nickel situations with two linebackers but you get a little bit of coverage and more pass rush flexibility i feel when you get a when you get a linebacker in there in the dime sorry when you get a safety in there playing dime and and the ravens did it with a bunch of journeyman guys playing the dime the 2000 ravens had a lot of their high leverage downs were played with Robert Bailey, James Trapp, and Corey Harris on the field, and you remember the starting eleven. You don't remember those guys, probably. Right. Yeah. But uh, but they're they're the guys who are just very significant to uh, to making that defense work.
1: Now there, most it sounds like most of the holes the Ravens had have been kind of filled. The only one I'm hearing about possibly is inside linebacker. Uh, is there is there? There's no one from that draft class who fits that. Have has there been? I haven't been paying attention. Has there been someone that we've signed um, after the draft? Uh, in the inside linebacker, and what do you see the Ravens doing with that inside linebacker position outside of CJ Mosley, of course?
3: Right. They, they had five guys make the team an inside linebacker last year, and one of them made it because of his versatility, and, and that was McClellan. Right. And he ended up playing all of his snaps during the regular season at outside linebacker. He didn't play an inside linebacker at all. Um, Arthur Brown made the team as effectively as a special teams guy, and uh, he saw just a handful of snaps during the regular season um, on the field. And I think he might get more of a chance this year. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I've never
1: a, heard a bench player talked about more than
3: Arthur Brown. Right. <laughs> well, they gave up so much to get him. But he's at the tipping point right now. Since it's his fourth year in the league and he was signed originally as a drafted player, um, they, have to, they, they don't have to go through with it, but they have him signed for this year as opposed to him being a, a restricted free agent. But the, they do have a gain from cutting him. So if they cut him, they pick up some salary okay. cap. And it, it, effectively, if they don't use him, if they're really ready to give up on him, then they might they might let him go. They got to be happier with him to keep him this year than they were last year. If that right. makes sense. So
1: if they don't cut him, presumably they would use him.
3: Yeah, 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 uh-huh. I think so. But or will be the starter. He'll he'll be the starter next to Mosley. Hmm. Sacor Okay. Okay. And how do you feel about that? I, I like War. He he played a three linebacker, three ILB set for the Ravens last year. Some coverage ability. Um, they used him more as a pass rusher than anything else. So we'll we'll see how it works out. I I uh I would I would say he's a two down player, and I bring in a safety on third down. But Dean Pease doesn't seem to agree with that, and has barely used the dime defense in the last three years.
1: Yeah, and we and we have. I should have introduced him pop, more pro- properly. Uh, Ken McCusick who writes for Russel R- Report. And there's no one who watches more films on the Ravens than, 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 than Ken. And he, and he writes about it and blogs about it on Russell Street Report. And he knows what he's talking about, obviously. Obviously. You can hear him, and you know what he's talking about. Uh, Dean Pease, you mentioned him a couple of times here. What, what, what are your general thoughts on Dean Pease and the defense he runs? compared to maybe the other defense coordinators we've had.
3: I mean I, I just I don't agree with the treatment of high leverage downs. I, I I don't know how much you want to go into it on this show because it's a it's probably a topic for an entire show itself. But I, <laughs> I like I like having a safety next to the inside other inside linebacker which would be Mosley in, in the box on third down because I think it gives you more options on how you want to attack the offense when you only have one defense that you can set out on third down. And essentially, that's what the Ravens have. They have a nickel defense with two inside linebackers, so you have a you have a slot a slot corner and two outside corners, and it just really gives you one way to to defend. And that means that your opposing offensive coordinator can figure out lots of ways to beat that and not have to worry about too much else. Yeah, this uh, it's baseball season. So I don't want to get. And I'm tempted by his
1: offer to spend the rest of the show talking about high leverage situations and DPs. <laughs> I'm actually tempted by it. Uh, but when we get into the Ravens season, uh, Mister Film Study, we got to get you back in here, and I want to I want to get more into that kind of stuff, that high leverage situations. I find that stuff interesting. I know a lot about that stuff in terms of baseball and the sabermetrics in baseball. I know less in football, even though I know sabermetrics is becoming more and more popular in in football, um, as evidenced by the the Cleveland Browns hiring. Uh, who did they recently hire? Dave Podesta uh, yeah Podesta so uh, it obviously is becoming more important now can they help the Browns is a, <laughs> a whole other story but let, let's let get to some I think it's a fairly thorough breakdown of our draft yeah. well
0: I, I think it's it's May we need to ask the question did they do enough to get back in the playoffs next year I think we need to ask this question way early
3: like May
1: yeah like before we even know who's exactly. on the roster yet, exactly I, I, think, I think
3: now's the time to ask the question yeah I mean, I, I'm I'm excited about the draft picks. the The entire league got so much bigger in this draft. I mean, part of that being a, a big de- draft at defensive tackles. But yes, I, I I think they're back in discussions. I think that the Steelers, in particular, were a team who didn't do a whole lot in the draft, and and uh, I'd be excited from that standpoint. Bengals had a pretty good draft, um, but but I like what the Ravens did. and They had a lot of picks, so they should have. Yeah,
1: there. Can I ask you one more question about the draft, and then we'll, I promise we'll we'll move on and talk about the Orioles. <laughs> I'm interested in baseball recently. I've been seeing this where the past couple of years where they tie a monetary value to the draft pick. So they'll say like um, a third round pick is worth this amount of money, which helps when you're like making a trade to know this kind of guy has this kind of future value in a monetary sense. Are there uh, direct cor- 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 correlations when you know this guy's going to be in a contract for four years? So this third round pick has this monetary value. That value is, is that
3: going on? I, I haven't heard it tied to monetary value. There's a there's a trade value chart for the draft that okay. is that is pretty, it's known as the Jimmy Johnson chart. It starts at three thousand points for the number one pick, and the second picks worth twenty six hundred, then twenty two hundred, and, and it goes down by less and less as you as you go to the very last pick. Mister Irrelevant might be worth one. Right. <laughs> yeah. I prefer the Jimmy Johns chart. Yeah. That's what Ricky I rate fans. my stuff by. I guess I
0: seem
1: yeah. it more in baseball now where we've seen draft picks traded for players. And so you get some of that. Right. And like when we trade, what did trade Ryan Webb to the Dodgers? Somehow we trade to the Dodgers, but then we also gave him the draft pick. And it had to do with, you know, how much Ryan Webb was worth from the value standpoint. So we get rid of that money that we're paying Ryan Webb to how much that draft pick value is. Well, then
0: there's got to be some of that in the NFL because there are draft picks traded. So right. There, are, there is a value. It, so
1: You see it more like. Uh, picks for picks, and that's when you get to yes. that, that that chart. Yes. Um. Anyway,
2: all right. You know, it was something Mike said or, or Ken said,
1: Mr. Film Study, Mr. Film. Show some said, respect. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I had the name Mike on my mind because uh, it reminded me some of our previous defensive coordinators. What, what What do you get when you combine Mike Nolan and Rex Ryan? I don't know. A foot fetish and a heck a lot of strikeouts.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nolan Ryan, get it. <laughs> We're bringing the zany. Wink, wink. This is when you need button with the laugh track, man. I know. one time I don't I have, have my track. laugh track hooked up. Yeah. Shoot. All right. Let's get to the talk. The the big news uh, that recently came down a couple days ago, the injury to J.J. Hardy. This kind of That was on Sunday. Right? On Sunday, yeah. hmm This is on top of um, the the slight injury to to Zach Britton. We don't think it's that serious, but it's there. On top of a uh, week before that, the injury to Giovanni Gallardo. Mm-hmm. Injuries starting to pile up.
0: And we still have a guy that Matt weeders who isn't playing back-to-back
1: nights. Yeah, I think he pulled off one back-to-back. Uh, last good week. Good for him. Back-to-back.
2: Welcome to be a professional <laughs> baseball player.
1: Uh, <laughs> the J.J. Hardy injury specifically seems to be the biggest of the injuries. He yeah. had never broken a bone his entire life. It,
0: it, it's milk. But he's he got to drink him, more milk, He not did miss some games last toy.
1: year, so this is not the first time he's, he's – he's getting up there in age. Yeah, but but
0: sure. I think the, the the frustrating thing about J.J. Hardy – is that he worked hard this year to be better, and I think we've we've seen watching him on just his first month that he was improved and had more mobility. Yes, they were giving him days off once in a while and stuff to try to make sure he can make it through the year, and I think we were expecting back spasms, not a six- to eight-week injury. No
2: amount of hard work can get rid of osteoporosis, which is what's <laughs> happening to this 30-something-year-old <laughs> shortstop. <laughs> no, You've never had a broken bone in his entire life. Know Bert you know, you are older than he is, all right? He hits a foul ball off his foot, and now he's out for eight weeks. Give me a break.
1: <laughs> um, People, I, Josh, I'm not saying you have. Some people have poo-pooed the J.J. Hardy injury. They're saying he's only batting 244. He's not what he, wa- he's not what he once was defensively. And they say, if you're going to lose a guy. J.J. Hardy's not a bad guy to lose. No, it was, yeah, it's not some like of them losing has, Mark Trumbo or some something. Some of them have even gone so far as to say maybe you were even – better without JJ Hardy? Not me.
0: No. If you is there
1: no. But but
0: if is you your button Ryan Flaherty in to replace him.
1: Okay. Okay, but JJ Hardy is batting 244 this year. JJ Hardy is not the elite defender he was. Yeah, but what did ago.
0: Ryan Flaherty bat last year? 198.
1: Okay. Fine, so you lose 50 uh points on the Hey, right now, you think uh I've said that I said this the whole season. Right now, uh who's the better uh, shortstop Manny Machado, JJ Hardy. It's got to be Ma- Ma- Manny Machado, right?
2: Manny Machado is the best at every position than whoever's there right now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he's yeah, a better that's pitcher than Chris true. Tillman, probably. That's probably true. <laughs> but that's yes, true. yes, I would agree with you.
1: Yeah. So
0: uh,
4: and it's fun. I like
1: seeing Manny Machado shortstop. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Uh, so we don't poop with the JJ H- Hardy injury. It, it, it's no, it's, it's a significant.
0: It's a blow. It's a. It's a. Yeah, it's a guy who I, I said this year he was going to make a huge bounce back season and he was going to be a big impact player. It's going to hurt.
1: Yeah, I don't have his – let me pull up his war. I would imagine he's not – J.J. Hardy's not a big war guy, right? He probably has a one war, maybe two on a, on a, on a, on a good yeah, year for J.J. Hardy. Yeah, but
0: what's Flaherty, negative one?
1: No. No, he's going to give you he's, – he's not going to give you negative. He's going to give you something. Well, I'm just
0: saying J.J. Hardy is
2: a replaceable kind of guy, right? I mean, we're, we're looking at eight straight weeks of nobody caring about Ryan Wagner.
1: That's true. That's the thing the big story here. <laughs> that fans are missing out on
2: that J J yeah. Hardy. Yeah. That's all I really care about. Yeah. And the and the fact that the defense is going to suffer a little bit. He
0: JJ Hardy is a 0.5 war this season. Right, totally. two, How did he do last year? 2.7 defensive. Uh last year he was a 0.
1: Okay. He's and all, he had a bad year. We all said he had a bad year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but still a, a plus guy defensively. Though I don't I'm skeptical and Ken, I want to get your perspective on this. Josh, and if you can look it up, I'm bad at looking up stuff and talking. Multitasking, <laughs> multitasking is a thing. It's a thing. I'm bad at.
0: Flirties <laughs> a neg- a negative point All one. right, Josh, but so while I'm talking, like half a point.
1: can you look up uh, Jonathan Scope? I want to know what his defensive war is, because here's my issue. Because he's having no, a bad I don't season. think it is, and I want to get Ken's perspective on this. In that I don't, I do not trust the defensive metrics. I don't trust them because I see like Jonathan Scope. Who who I see as a good defender. I don't know all the factors that play into that um, because I know, I don't know like his his biggest asset is his his arm strength. Um, I don't know how much that plays into it. It's a zero. His defensive war. It's a zero. Yeah, but I look at, at him as a plus second baseman, and that's why I become a little bit skeptical, a little bit skeptical with WAR overall, specifically the defensive WAR, is because I don't believe him. Because I look at Jonathan Scope and I see an above average second baseman. You go to Fangraphs defensive WAR. And it says he's average. Right. I don't buy
0: that. Well, de- isn't defensive stats weird because of how they decide what's a hit, what's not, what's in someone's range, what's not in their range? So, like if uh, Scope goes for a ball and dives and it bounces off his glove, that hurts him. Where if he just didn't have the range to get to that ball, he's okay as far as defensive
3: stats, right? It's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I, okay. It, it, there's a there's a there's a, a lack of transparency in war in general, and particularly in the defensive side. Oh, I love uh, that is, lack of transparency yeah, with war. It's, Down with war. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> but but on, on the if if you're just looking at Jonathan's Scope, of the field, a terrific yeah, attorney. Yeah, talk about Jonathan's Scope for a second. A terrific at turning the double play. Yes. Range modest.
1: Right. He for, does, He's for, not very quick. Right. Uh, he lacks. He lacks, And then that's why he doesn't score one well defensive. But it takes into account his strong arm and ability to turn the double play or no. The, the, yeah. The, oh, yeah. It would take them to count that. Yeah. But it holds against his range. I Fine. 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 Are, are,
0: sticking on scope, are you surprised how bad he's been at the plate this season? Yeah. When he we, had a good spring training, too. Good a good eye, we really, Not many strikeouts. really thought this was the year he takes a step up and really becomes like Machado's right arm guy. Actually, like, by performing, not just the guy for high fives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. He's he struggled. Um, a lot of strikeouts like last year. Uh, he's got 17 strikeouts so far. It's that I think he's been one of the most disappointing uh, players on the offense, Jonathan Scope, just because his expectations going into this year were high.
2: I'm kind of glad you guys are saying this because that, that just means he's going to have a great night tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hope so.
1: Absolutely. By the way, they were just showing a graphic on Mastin about Jonah Heim, mm-hmm. who's tearing it up at at um at Frederick. Friend of the show? Yeah, friend of the show, Jonahheim. Uh shout out to Jonahheim's grandmother, by the way. Hey. <laughs> and,
0: and, and and his dad. His dad invited me to the game on Saturday, but I couldn't make it. Oh, not really? bad. I already told Frederick? the girls I'd How? take him to the Orioles.
1: Why did you not tell me about this?
0: Uh you were in Virginia. You but were you, out of town. But you
1: didn't know that when Jonah Himes' dad invited you. You didn't know that. No, I
0: haven't. I haven't spread that friendship to you.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's
0: stingy <laughs> with his friends. Up.
1: I was the person who originally texted Jonah. I yeah. got Jonah's number. You don't. How'd you get in that? Uh, I don't want to uh, get into um, this. I don't want to get into this. This is getting uh, his grandmother really the likes me. This is getting behind the scenes in the show. It's getting <laughs> ugly. Uh, I don't. I don't want to go there. Um are we concerned at all about the the Zach Britton injury? Am hey, I wrong
0: in saying Scope just got a double on cue? Let's keep trashing them. Scope Told a you
1: on cue. Uh, am I wrong for saying if I'm Zach Britton or if I'm Buck Showalter, I'm saying Zach Britton throw the ball. They had the scary play on Saturday, mm-hmm and when he dove at the guy, yeah, tagged him, yeah, and then on Sunday, you're, you're you're stupid if you're telling Zach Britton not to make that play. Throw the ball and just stand there.
0: Yeah. It's... He is a baseball player. It's a natural reaction to try to go get the ball and get it to first base. He's the, the best
2: closer in baseball. Are you willing to let him get how, injured how trying irritated. to pick up a bunt that, a beautifully
0: placed drag bunt that you're not going to get him out anyway? So let's get just get the next guy. How he had two outs. If a pitcher, all he did was pitch, and then when balls come, he just. S- s- if it was like the like greatest a, pitcher like. of all time, I'll take it. <laughs>
1: yeah, but that's not Zach Britton. No, I know. No, I tell you what, the quickest way, if you wanted to. To tank a team? If you were going all 76ers and want to tank the season, you know the, the 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 best way to do it? Potholes? Sign Tommy Hunter as your closer. Just sign a bad closer. That is the absolute best well, way to tank, tank a season. He's in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Is he in Atlanta? Oh, I don't know. Jim Johnson's in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, but Norris is in Never Atlanta. Never mind. I'm
0: thinking of other former bad Orioles.
1: <laughs> yeah. but I, Who are already on a bad team. It's just so important to have an 8th and ninth inning guy for those high-level situations. Sure. Uh, that... Zach Britton is so essential to this team. So essential, right? Because okay, fine, you can move a day to that closer spot, but but and then and then you become weaker in the eighth. Yeah, but then you've got Brock.
0: We got Givens, who hasn't been as strong as he was last year. And but Givens
3: hasn't been as strong as last year. No,
0: nah, I feel like he's no, got he, some like he, he, twenty-one strikeouts over twelve innings. Yeah, and and, and w- more runs than anyone else in the bullpen. Yeah,
3: yeah he's he's had some pitching, definitely some bad luck this year. Yeah, high batting average with balls in play, which usually doesn't stick. Yeah, it's true. That'll even out. I Good think the season. the
2: Chicago White Sox expose Zach Britton. That all you gotta do is dribblers and bunts down the first base line <laughs> and, and
1: make him dive, <laughs> make him
2: make him beat you
3: with his hands and his glove. You talk about changing behaviors like that. you remember when we had Kevin Brown? We, again, the <laughs> Orioles had Kevin Brown. and, yeah, and a Great sinkerball ball pitcher. Great sinkerball ball pitcher and made it all the more dangerous for him because his right hand was always free to reach for a ball that was hit up in the oh, middle. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. And they could not fix that, that it's thing. It's just a he,
1: natural reflex. You had to go for it. He, mm-hmm. he went to a psychiatrist for it, couldn't get it corrected. <laughs> I didn't anymore. know he went to a psychiatrist <laughs> for it.
3: That's funny. You,
1: yeah, you just
0: can't do it. I'm sure Jim Abbott did the same thing. <laughs> That's Josh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a natural reaction. Too far, too, too far, you, Josh. Have you seen my dog out there
1: runs with the three legs? Doesn't even know it. I would have, have renamed that
2: dog Jim Abbott. <laughs> I should.
1: Uh, the so, but like, Britton will be fine. He'll come back and he'll come back in a day or two.
0: Yeah, Tommy Hunter's only pitched in uh, one inning this year.
1: Wow, for All the cool.
0: Cleveland Indians, got a loss, and then I don't know what happened to him.
1: All right, we're we're watching right now. Mass and Joey Ricard, Ricard, Ricard bat. Uh, is the, the, I think the, 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 the sentiment f- across Bur- Burland is Ricard needs to play less. Everybody else, whether your name is Ryan Moore or Kim, needs to play more. Can right. we all kind of agree with that well, I, take I that know. and run?
0: I don't know because, for one, I think for some reason that became the thing of let's hate on Ricard. There's so much hate on Rick yeah. right now. Yeah. Suddenly it went from let's praise Rickert to let's hate on record And
2: Josh is like, Hold up, I'm still trying to sell some of these T shirts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but what I don't get is all right, Lamont and Kim. And I, and and they're doing well when they're in the game. But they're in the game limitedly. Right. And is it because Buck's putting them only in situations that are lined up for them to do well?
4: Yeah.
1: Well it's it's certainly like, it's partly it and you don't is an
0: everyday
2: player? Until he gets hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we saw a little bit dumb and Young used uh, use in certain situations with it really increases value. Right. Uh, and Joey Rickard, to his to his defense, it seems like every time you, you look up, he has a three and one count or a three and two count. He, seems like he works to, the count. Right. He seems to work the counts. Which is what you want. Especially but, as
0: that leadoff guy to give Machado some protection. He's yeah, getting some pitches, seeing sure, the ball.
1: Sure. But ultimately, what you want is a guy who gets on base a lot. Right. That, I mean, that's the most important thing. He's going to be a record outside the first two weeks of the season. Yes. Hasn't been doing that.
0: And I, and I agree that. But I, you know who has? Rymel. Hyun and Noel Kim. And yeah. no
1: gets a hit every time he's that bat. <laughs> yes. Yes. And
0: I don't think. At this I, rate. I really think that's limited situations. It's the complete not, opposite of spring training.
1: Do, you, do you, What do you think the chances are? Remember when we did that show? Saying, what do the orders need to do to go to 162 and out? Mm-hmm. What does Chansu Kim need to do to about 600 for the season? Because that's what he's at right now. <laughs> get <laughs> hurt right now. That's, I do that's, that's pretty, that's pretty much the only scenario <laughs> in which I end the season at 600.
0: But but I do I would like to see Ryamot at least get in the game more. And I I I think Rickert is great because you can put him in late in the game. I think right now we have a. Uh, stupid bench because it's useless
3: it is a useless bench and you know we're just talking about this before the show briefly but occasionally teams use freaky strategies like this and this might be the time for one because the Orioles have so few pinch hit at bats the only bench play they really make right now is to remove trumbo in the late innings for defensive purposes Mm -hmm. but Kim is not a defensive replacement he's not somebody you really want on the bases because he's not all that fast he's the only place where he has real value is with the lumber in his hands so if and it, even that is somewhat limited. it's it. Well, We we, we don't know. We, don't, we really don't know. And, it's a, and, and he's the so tiniest sample
0: size possible.
3: Okay. What, what, what I was going to suggest is you have a player who is providing some value defensively, Rickard, who plays the same position as Kim. But if you're going to bat Rickard leadoff, why not bat Kim leadoff, have him bat once, and then be replaced by Rickard? You're not using your bench anyway. So well, you get one at bat per game out of Kim. If you're on the road he can take it without even playing an inning in the field. If you're at home, he's got to, he's got to play one inning in the field, which, sure. by the way, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to play nine innings to get four at-bats in the field, but you maybe you play one inning you get one at-bat in the field. Sorry, right. one at-bat at the plate.
0: I, I, I like this strategy because yeah. Kim is useless on the bench anyway. Buck doesn't even look at Kim on the bench. So I like the strategy of giving him one at-bat a game. Yeah. especially if we're on the road and he doesn't even have to play the field. Uh, I think that's interesting. And a right interesting. Yeah, I, interesting. I think that's what could be fun. And
3: yeah, Rickard goes in. He essentially becomes the number nine hitter for the team. Machado goes back to batting leadoff, Yep. and
1: for all intents and purposes.
3: For the right, rest of the right.
1: I appreciate that's unorthodox. My One of my concerns, though, is we right now have a, a three-man bench. Um, That would essentially make us –
3: are you two man? Are, are you really counting Kim yeah, as a member have, of the bench? He's he's not providing any value on the bench. So yeah. well, I what count there? The
2: only value is if somebody gets hurt. The only and value he has is to go. Is in.
3: injury. You, you have Reimold and Joseph are the two people on the bench right now. In <laughs> in the typical situation, I mean, you don't you don't use the other players. So <laughs>
1: well, well, then, why do teams have these four man, man benches? Why 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 don't we just go with a two man bench? Well, I, I,
0: have you seen our bullpen? If there's injuries, we can put some of those guys out in the outfield.
1: It's just, it's unorthodox. It seems unusual. Well, it's unusual to have a bench that's useless. Right, that's that's the problem. Your bench is filled with guys like Orion Flaherty who can Mm -hmm. play multiple positions, who can give guys occasional day rest,
3: or can be a late in defensive replacement. And it is. Our bench is unique because... Well,
4: the game, guys don't bring that.
3: the game has evolved, is the way I would I would put it. Is in the 1970s, the Orioles had at occasions eight pitchers on their pitching staff, and it was very frequent for them to hire nine, and a little bit unusual under Weaver to have ten on the on the staff because he really concentrated a lot of innings into a few pitchers. Well, oh, you're throwing, yeah, guys are throwing complete games. Uh, but here's here's how that changes the game, though. Even with the DH or if, even before pitchers, you know, had to be pinch hit for all the time. You you have. A whole lot more bench players than you have relievers, and so it's it's kind of like the last change went to the offense. So they brought in a left hand reliever. Oh, okay, we'll bring in our right hander, and he'll face you. But now it's they bring in your left hander, and well, that's that. It's lefty lefty. Right. So the the last change used to go to the offense, and now it goes to the defense. And it's the nature of the game is more pitching specific, pitching matchup related than it ever was. Yeah. This would never fly in the National League. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well our, our team it's just it's really interesting to think about our bench right because think about I know J.J. Hardy's hurt now but you get to the eighth inning J.J. Hardy's up you have a righty a righty comes into pitch so you think okay I can pinch at Hyunsoo Kim but the way our bench stands now and this is before they brought Ryan Flaherty back that there would be no one to play that shortstop position, right. mm-hmm. you would have to swing around Manny Machado and then put I don't know Pedro Alvarez or Chris Davis at third. Mm-hmm. But then you're all of a sudden you're moving a, a lot of parts around for one inning, which is something you don't want to do mm-hmm. going in the last We're, inning.
0: Which is where this leadoff Kim strategy works.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of I, like I, it. I'm, I'm kind of I want have him take one at bat and then and then replace. Yeah, them.
0: I, I, I like. This. I would like someone at Utah Street Report to do a little more research on this and uh, write a nice article. Get folks' yeah. attention.
1: I like this idea. I think you're onto something there.
0: Plus, when you're home, everyone gets to start the game with his theme song. Oh, yeah! You we guys get, get to hear the
1: song. Everyone's happy. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: this is the way to start a game.
1: He's gonna hit a single off the middle, a line drive up the middle, or an infield hit. One of the two, and then everyone goes, home happy." Yeah. And Ken's happy. Takes a deal in the bat. I mean, I'm uh, not Ken, but Kim. Yeah. Kim, Kim, Ken's happy because his idea worked. Kim's happy because he got his hit. He gets some playing on. What? If you guys had, if you guys were coaching the Orioles right now, it's interesting. No, J.J. Hardy. Ryan Flaherty's starting the third tonight. Right. What um, would you guys do? Let's assume it's a righty. Uh, a righty's at the righty's pitching. Who would you guys? Your options are third base. Pedro Alvarez had played third base. A lot, played a lot of games at third base for for the Pirates. Um, you could go with Chris Davis, who's played third base, which, and played which, it well. Which I don't. Know. That seems you to go like with Ryan Flaherty.
0: Chris Davis seems to not even be an option, which doesn't make sense to me.
1: Or you can go with Manny Machado. Who would you guys? And then you would have someone else have to play short, like Ryan Flaherty. Right. Who would you guys have? against a righty play third base would you say i go screw defense put pedro in there no you go you go chris
0: davis at third base bring trumbo into first base rymond in right field and now you have all your best bats in the lineup and then you do the kim leadoff thing everyone's in (laughs) yeah i i think i think alvarez would have to be it i mean it's
2: not it's definitely a downgrade but at least he has experience playing there i wouldn't put davis over there He's the best first baseman in, in the American. Yeah, I and mean, that's the argument. You're, you're, right, you're, right.
1: You're, you're making one position, you're lessening one position, and Chris Davis is sure. comfortable. Good, and the only for a temporary amount of time. Right, where one thing is comfortable, in third base, you're going to move well, back to first. And, and wasn't
0: that Buck's hesitation this afternoon, as we saw him slot in Flaherty at short and Machado at third, and then changed it? D-
1: yeah, he what, did. That, that, did that he he had he, to be. What a, was the explanation? Did he give an explanation for that? Was that
0: a, like, like a typo? No, he's, he <laughs> said uh, he had a meeting with Manny. In oh. his office, and a meeting then with Manny. and then I heard it was Manny and uh, JJ meaning? Hardy had some in, input and Flaherty had some input. Oh, as so decided. it was like
1: a one-on-one meeting that turned into like a group meeting, right? Oh, I, wow.
0: I I I don't know, but it, but that has to be why would when Machado's great at third base, why move him? And had and I assume it's then Machado saying, "Hey, I, I'd like to play short."
1: And I love it. I love Machado playing short. I think he's awesome at short. Well, yeah,
0: because it's the future.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, and I think there's, I think it's a more important position than third base, and what, I think other players can play at, play a third third base and survive. Right, if
0: we're sitting here saying we can put Pedro not, Alvarez there and be okay, yeah, then what are we doing wasting Manny there?
1: Not, not everyone can play. Well, what's the chance that we it's can? It's not a waste. He's, no, yeah, he's no. the best Third baseman. At all, you know, have a good shortstop like J.J. Hardy. There's no reason to mess with it.
0: Any chance that we rehab J.J. Hardy into a third baseman?
1: No. no, zero. He will he will be a shortstop until he retires. Next, De- after next year,
3: defensive <laughs> WAR for Alvarez' career is minus four point eight. <laughs> o- offensive WAR is nine point seven. So it took away half his value to play defense at third primarily. Yeah, but I still would imagine that's more value than a Ryan Flaherty brings.
0: Well, Ryan Flaherty, uh, yeah, he's uh, I, I lost his his stats. I had him up earlier. Well, he, what was the, he was a point one.
1: He's a, he's a res- he's the reversed. He's plus four in defense. He's negative fifty <laughs> on offense. <laughs> Something like that.
2: <laughs> ah, yeah, sorry.
0: What are you doing over there? You turned on the game?
2: No, I, I just, I tried to hit the X and my phone made a noise.
0: No, all right, stop! Yeah, you're making all types stop. of noises over there.
1: Jeez, a stupid MLB app. All right, we're running out of, out of time for the show. I wanted to make a couple, mention a couple of things. First of all, I wanted to shout out to Manny Machado beating out Josh Donaldson and being the um, player the, of the month. The player of the month, which is kind of a big deal. That is big. I help. mean.
0: It's Manny Machado, and he's, up to, he's off to an MVP
1: season. Yeah. It's nice to have the best third baseman it's, in the game.
0: Have you noticed that there's been some articles written that saying Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Manny Machado? He's actually getting included in that conversation
1: now? Yeah. Can I tell you something that pisses me off that's one of my pet peeves now? What's that? Uh, and I know... Um, that
0: Bryce Harper just signed a huge deal with Under Armour? You no, know, I think that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <I hate it. laughs> you know, as as you're
1: awesome. wearing your Under Armour as shirt. I, you know I, I, I represent Under Armour um, in, in, in more ways than one. But the... Jason uh, Kapora and 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 not just him, but a lot of people like he always does a hashtag pay Manny, and a lot of people are talking about you got to pay ma- Manny now. I always find that entire discussion so obnoxious. The the pay Machado now, because I think it's I think it's dumb. I think it's insane to pay ma- pay Manny Machado now. I think there's no, it doesn't make sense. You don't want what?
0: to tie him up for the next few years. Well, I don't think it makes sense. It's, it's not. Do you think that because we pay him now, we have a better shot than paying him in a few years? Well, either way, he's gonna sign either here or New York. I mean,
1: well, and he's and not
0: he, gonna say, "Oh, well, you're giving me the money a year early, so I'll sign with you."
1: Yeah, and the thing is, they think, "Well, you can pay because, like, this year he's making five million. So if you pay him fifteen million this year, you can um, he'll make more now, but kind of you right? There's a spread yeah, out. But- at
3: his level of earnings. He's passed that that pressure point
1: I know and that's my argument he's making five million this year it's not like he can't go out and buy anything he wants so there's no motivation for him like what's the difference between five and 15 million to him it's he can wait until $10 million well sure but he can it's not like he can't buy anything he he wants to buy I know but how many
0: times have we had the conversation of how much money is enough and apparently as an athlete it's never enough money.
1: But if he waits to 2019, and the only reason he would sign now, if for some reason he he was making like 500 thousand, and he wanted more money now to buy that huge mansion, which he, he doesn't need. And if he waits to 2019, he's going to make uh, I don't know 400 million dollars. He's going to make an insane amount of money, mm-hmm. insane. Like the start starting bid uh, at 400 million dollars, and let's go up from there until yeah. the Yankees bid 500 million and sign him. But there's no motive. I don't see any motivation for him to sign now. So it's not that the Orioles don't want to sign him now. It's why would Manny Machado sign now? With he, at 2019, he can get into a, a bidding war and make, you know, one of the biggest contracts we've ever seen.
2: Patience is a virtue. That's yeah, a thing, there's right?
1: no, there's no motivation for him to sign now. Yeah. Not, no. Not he'd be he'd be dumb to. He'd be dumb to sign now. Wait. Well, Wait like, every and every you know, year. Well, and
0: that's that's part of it is people are, want the Orioles to sign now, like they're gonna outsmart Manny Machado and his agent. Yeah. and get a deal. It yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah,
4: they're
1: I, not dumb. I, I mean, we saw what Jason Hayward made. It's just going to get more and more and more. We saw what Gene Carlos Stanton made. It's just going to go up and up and up and up.
3: The only not way not. you can you can maybe I don't know if it's outsmart the player, but get the player to 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 buy into himself is is to get him to to essentially wager on himself by by giving him incentives within the contract that if he reaches him, he gets paid even more. But you know that that would be the kind of thing where. You know, you you have to give him meaningful incentives that are that are you know probably likely to be reached. That can be very actually arduous in terms of how the contract negotiations go. But you're going to end up paying the guy thirty eight to forty five million dollars a year. Yeah. You know, when the time comes. What well,
0: what if we just leave notes around the locker room, questioning his knees, <laughs> reminding him he could get hurt again. To put out some tonsil videos yeah. on right yeah. around <laughs> the contract. <on. laughs> uh, you know, like a pothole that he has to like barely miss and stuff once in a while. Let him know he's fragile.
4: Yeah.
2: Meanwhile, he'll keep playing 162 games and hitting
0: doubles. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, right. One of these road trips make it seem like the plane's going to go down. Get his attention.
1: And I'm just saying. And I love how we talk about guys and then they do and, well. Yeah, but it's
0: doubles every time we talk about them. Double yeah. for Manny. Uh,
1: but but like, and we're talking about a free agency in in 2019. So let's let's enjoy these few years of Manny Machado. All right, yeah. let's just chill out and enjoy I, these few years of Manny Machado. Right. and then well, have plenty of time to talk about cheap Peter Angelos in I a few want, years.
0: Peter Angelos might not even be around in 2019.
1: Oh, Josh. Why do you got to go there? He's an older yeah, why, gentleman. Josh, why do you got to go there? I want to focus on... By the on. way, if anything does w- happen to him, we will have our dad on for the, the grave Grave report. report grave yes. report.
0: Yeah, that that became a uh, favorite segment of our listeners. I was hoping to have him on for That's Prince last feedback. week, Buffalo Wild
2: Wings. Yeah. He said he wanted to come in for even celebrity deaths.
1: It's, it's, Prince is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I it's think pretty that big It would have been deal. appropriate, yeah.
2: Uh, can we do a weekly check in on Jake Arietta? Currently, five shutout innings it, of one hit ball. It, it's Berk, bringing Berk. up Jake Arietta,
0: not me this time. <laughs>
2: Have, and a comfortable six to nothing I'm lead. Out, Bert. Six I'm to league. nothing I'm out of lead.
1: Here. I said no more Jake Arrieta talk on the show.
2: Last time he was in Pittsburgh, he threw a no hitter.
1: I know. <laughs> Wait, do I don't know.
2: He's got I a one hitter mean, now. We, we, we all know news? Jake Arrieta's good. Bert, you
1: think you're breaking news by saying Jake Arrieta's good? I figured
2: we were coming up on the end of the show. It was time for our weekly Jake Arrieta check-in.
0: I I I had a Jake Arrieta discussion in for last week for at Buffalo Wild Wings just to see Matt freak out live, <laughs> and I didn't get to it. He's away the customers.
3: Had a uh, had a had a posting on him that said his peak value had reached the 11th highest of any pitcher in history. So it's not you don't take every you don't take various pitchers and and say Pedro Martinez who was the highest ever would dominate the top of the list if you could take after every start where he was. But but it's the highest peak for every single pitcher and he's the 11th highest individual pitcher peak and he's just slightly ahead of Sandy Koufax. <laughs> That can't last, right? No. Well, no, no, no. no, He's already reached that he's al- peak value. He At can't go any value. lower. Kofax can't go any higher, obviously. Yeah, So. Yeah, no.
1: What he's doing is absolutely historical. He's not just good. He's historically great.
0: He's, he's, he's got to be. I, I don't know the guy, but if I was Jake Arrieta and I sucked and sucked and sucked in Baltimore and insisted that I was good and then I go to Chicago, I would be the cockiest pitcher out there. I would be sending letters to Peter Angelos. Every week, i th- i be i be calling the Orioles just to remind them, sending them my box scores. Not only that, he's one for two tonight with an RBI. I know he's hit he's hit, he's hit more home runs than some of, some of our players.
1: I hate this. I hate you guys, and I hate this show. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm going to leave, and start my own podcast called Section Three D Four. All right, well, we'll be in here with the, the Jake Arrieta show. Yeah, you guys should start your own freaking Jake Arrieta podcast. You guys love him so much. All right, so the
0: Orioles. <laughs> Went se- won seven straight. Now we're uh, fourteen and ten. So then they went seven and ten. Next,
1: yeah. And that's those math those were, skills, Josh.
0: Yeah, those, so those were tough teams.
1: ACS uh, yeah. skills right there.
0: Well, that's it. No college. Go but, uh, go
1: go, Eagles, Mister Seltzer. Shout out. I don't know, Miss uh, ha- Miss Hammer. I don't know who who's your math teacher.
0: Uh, Hammer, Hammer. Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out, Miss Hammer. I don't remember who else.
1: Okay, I'm blanking. Mister Varillo? It was no, a long, no, high school was a long no, time ago. That was a long time ago. I still remember my – That was almost Mr. 20 or years or Mr. ago. Mr. I still remember that. Shout out, Mr. Seltzer. Well, you're, you're younger. <laughs> it's Seltzer. Seltzer.
0: Um, But now we have a nice home stretch with some bad teams. We have the Yankees and Oakland. Is it very – I mean, we got to win those series, right, if not sweep a crappy team like the Yankees?
1: Yeah, the, 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 Sunday, the, the, the Saturday loss was, was really tough. Yes, that was Chicago.
2: a bummer, a big bummer. With Britain going down, that was a game I felt a, we were gonna walk really that off. It was a fun game, yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, when yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I love Davis it. ties it up with that two run double in the eighth. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that ball game, we, we got didn't even, the measure that we that game, went. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we went. And
1: how, 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 how late did you guys stay that game? Fourth inning. <laughs> I, I, <right. laughs> Your kids were there. We yeah, got there. there
2: at five o'clock to do the face painting and the balloon animals and yeah. all that stuff. I had all three kids with me. I was like, we're get there early. But we were
0: leaving by like the fourth inning. Yeah, I left either the fifth or the sixth. Oh my Something gosh, like guys! I, I had uh I had three kids on my own. Okay.
1: okay. So, but, At least but, but we we haven't me.
0: talked about that. We did go to a kids club for the first time for both of us. Dugout club. The dugout club. Get it right. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it's the seats are crap and way out there, but yeah. but they're cheap, and it was a good time, and the food was cheap a dollar fifty hot dogs. You can't beat. Yeah. the The biggest tip I have, if you're
2: taking kids to the Dugout Club, do what I did: get there early. Cause the lines for the face painting, all the stuff the kids want to do, the bouncy house, and all that stuff, the lines get ridiculous. So get there at five o'clock, do all
0: the fun stuff,
2: and then leave at the fourth inning. Or,
0: <laughs> or be like me and get it's there. A good true fan right there. Get yeah. there at six o'clock and just steal a balloon from another kid that got there at five o'clock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's Josh
0: taking candy from a baby. <laughs> we we took Alby's oh
2: it was my yeah it was your kid
3: oh you don't you don't care i want to go back to something you said earlier because i found this very interesting but you said Orioles seven and oh to start seven and ten since then right yeah yeah okay so at seven and oh i i look at a cross-section of online books primarily from england there's about approximately 20 of them and i look at the best available price on the orioles at that point when they were seven and oh it was 10 to one to win the east okay now they've gone another seven and ten Okay, so fourteen are 14-10 now. Mm-hmm. Right. The best odds now available in the Orioles are 5-1 to one to win the East.
0: Really? So, so, so those European books give us higher odds.
1: After going 7-10. Uh, and, well, and
0: that's got to be partially that that was a hard stretch, right?
2: Well, no, I, my question is, what's that have to do with the other AL East teams, which have been oh, awful too? But, uh, right, uh, New
0: York was supposed to be good, right? Toronto. And Toronto and Tampa to be Bay best. was supposed to be better. Yeah. Only Boston's Army. above five hundred
1: with us,
2: right?
0: I yeah. mean, yeah. this is the first podcast we're doing in second place. It's true. Yeah, this, this is a year. load
1: of crap. The Red Sox are, I think, better than a lot of people thought. At least
2: so far, <laughs> they're on a hot streak. They play some bad teams too, like they, they had starting off. They and
0: then, been. then that shows you. I mean, baseball. We always talk about it's a long season, but part of that long season is the schedule balancing out. Right. Sure. The White Sox. When are you play the, Red the Bra- Sox now. it's when
1: you play the Braves, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. We, we, guys, we, we have to get out of here. Yeah, we're about an hour 15 at this point. I know. I know. You guys didn't leave time for my goat story, you punks. Go ahead. Tell us. We it. got time for your goat story. The listeners to, have stuck around this long. They deserve <laughs> to hear your goat story. Yeah. And if you stuck around this entire time just waiting for this goat story, let me say thank you. That's a loyal 337 right. three say. Right. You're about to start your goat story now? What is wrong with you? So I went to the vet. My goats were born in... You just mute me? <laughs> I'm
2: just messing with you. Not cool, mute Josh. Me? He's got too much power over there. My
1: Go ahead. Uh, no, I feel like this now. This story has gotten a little bit too much hype. It's not going to live up to the hype. Oh, here, I'll
0: give you a little, uh, a little backing music for your goat story.
1: Okay, I appreciate. You
0: can have the interns' time.
1: Um, when I started my goat story, Mr. Film Study just took up the headphones. He's done with this, and I, I don't blame <laughs> him. The <laughs> I took the goats to the vet. Right? Um, they're one in February. I have a boy and a girl, uh, and I wanted to ask. They're they're getting their shots and stuff, and I wanted to ask: Is it time? To put the rubber band around the uh, the the testes gonads. of the the gonads, thank you, of uh, the mouth mal- the huevos of the malgoat to neuter the malgoat. Right? Okay. So we get there. And we do one goat at a time, the other goat's in the truck still. Ball back, ball back, ball back, exactly, <laughs> want to remove the ball bag. And so I, I say, you know, is it is it time? And she checks him and she says, No. Uh, actually this is a girl i said oh that's weird <laughs> it must be the other goat so i pull out the other goat um and check and sure enough two nipples no gonads they're both girls this entire time i thought i had a boy and a girl i didn't find out to get to the vet that it was actually two girls i had the entire time what did you see that made you think it was i a thought boy? i saw <laughs> down there? something hanging down at one point and so that would have been some awkward born, i thought something was hanging down and so i just made this the, and the so v- my question is which right? bathroom do they use at target well, <laughs> one of them must have had some kind of gender change when I wasn't looking. <laughs> and the vet said, this stuff happens all the time. Though, I know the, the vet just said that to make me feel better. No. <laughs> People do not mistake the right. sex of their kids. I didn't know if my kids were a girl or a boy when well, I went to neuter my kids.
0: Was it, was this Michael Phelps' vet as well?
1: I don't get the reference. Because
0: he had the girlfriend that used oh, to be yeah, a boy? yeah, yeah, That's
1: true. Uh, yeah, so I my, my kid has a, had a sex change or I just misidentified my kid's sex. Now but...
2: Which was more valuable? Because you were going to get it neutered regardless. Wouldn't a non-neutered right, so male saved, be more
0: valuable cash. than a female? Or no, he, he now has females, so that's more valuable, right? Yes,
1: because you can. Because uh, we just got him for milking, so this is this is another. What and the, the neutered goat would have just become goat meat in the matter of months. Uh, now we have another milking goat, which is better. Okay, okay,
2: more cheese and milk in this Roca house.
1: Absolutely, which is always a good thing. Good, yeah.
2: I got to get back there and get some of that goat milk. I like it in my breakfast cereal.
1: Well, we got plenty. There's plenty, plenty more where that came from. Very good. Okay, now you're going to have to go out there and squeeze it out yourself. Right into my Cheerios? That's right. I'll do it. Be a little warm. I'm zany. A little warm. <laughs> All right, the intern's not here, if you haven't noticed. Intern's not here.
0: He, he's been here once since spring training.
1: So no corrections, thoughts, fun facts, or analyses.
0: Trumbo got another dong.
1: Good for Trumbo. Um, we got to get out of here. Uh, like us on Facebook. Yep. Go to iTunes and write us a review. Give Subscribe. us five stars.
0: Go get some Night at the Yard tickets. May thirteenth. Okay. Buy Join your tickets.
1: Us. Fifteen dollars. Join us. I'll call Uncle Dave. Is this a we got an iTunes? this an old iTunes review? On no, here?
0: we got a new iTunes review. It's a okay. short one. Read it. You got it in front of you?
1: Yeah. Go I'll, ahead. I'll read it. How I, about I just read it? I said read it. I know. I thought you were just talking like someone read it. You're yeah. talking to me. I meant you. Okay. Yeah. You look at me. Sorry. I'll read it. Go right, Go right up. In. Keep up the great work. They're talking about us. I stuck it. Y- mm.
2: That's an exclamation point.
1: <laughs> oh, and I got to zoom in on this a little bit. Josh has the font at like font five. I
2: would have been done by now if he let me. Okay, I'm it.
1: sorry. You, do, you, do you have it in front of you, Bert? Yes. It okay. says, keep up the great
2: no. work, exclamation point. <laughs> stuck in Ohio. Surrounded on the reservation, but I'll always be a bird. Start Yankee bashing some more, please. Go O's. Oh, we, we didn't we. do any Yankee bashing. No, no.
1: sucks. A-Rod does steroids I
0: hate
2: the
1: Yankees uh, that,
0: I think that was two weeks ago We did plenty of Yankee bashing was, We did our jerk wad list
1: Girardi pulls too many bullpen arms In the same inning Yes Too many changes Speed up the pace of games Thank you Yankee fans suck They're the That's worst pretty good Alright boys and girls Thanks for listening uh, You can follow all of us on Twitter You can follow me on Twitter At Section336 And when you meet me You can introduce I'll introduce myself as, At Section336 Bert will introduce himself as At Burt And you can follow Josh At Josh Soroka, And you can follow Mr. Film Study At Film Study Ravens Alright That's a must follow right there boys and girls Absolutely Thanks for listening boys and girls And as always Go O's Section
4: 336
1: is a affiliate of
4: 24-7 networks Find Section 336 on utahstreetreport.com